You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the Outkick network, this is Outkick 360 with Jonathan Hutton and Chad Withrow. We are back, second hour of Outkick 360 across the Outkick network here live in downtown Nashville from our 6th and Peabody studios with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. Chad Withrow, Jonathan Hutton here, nursing a bit of a, of a voice issue. Yeah. So I'll be bringing us uh, in and out of project. breaks. I can't project like Armando today. Yeah. Hut- and Hutton's voice is so <laughs> deeply ingrained with that, that level of grit and deepness in his voice, the, the texture of the voice that he simply won't speak unless he can project. <laughs> so he's m- going to go mute for a better part of the rest of the show. Now, he's going to ask questions yeah. to Armando Salguero also. Armando Salguero, speaking of... Withoutkick.com is on with us right now. He's repping the American flag behind him. Lucas he's Oil. repping the Miami Marlins hat on top. Uh, looks like he's ramping, uh, uh, repping a champion. Is that a mock turtle or just a sweatshirt that he's wearing also? Either way, Armando, you look great. Well, thank you. Uh, I'm sorry. Radio voice. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> uh, that's right. Armando Salguero, everybody. Uh, so... Um, when you look at the Cardinal situation now, uh, having to get rid of a coach for groping a woman and being arrested, apparently, on their trip to Mexico, second time this has happened, everything going south with this team, is it a matter of when and not if at this point with Cliff Kingsbury no longer being the head coach? Yeah, so we just got past the coaches, assistant coaches doing stupid things week in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. Um, and <laughs> Um, with the Cardinals, look, I, I appreciate that we're talking about them. And then my next question is why? Because they are now irrelevant, uh, to me anyway. They have played themselves out of really contention for anything. And I, I understand the next thing that could happen is they roll through six consecutive wins or something. And, and I have to eat this Marlins hat. But the chances of that happening are about zero because it's a flawed team. It's a team that is not necessarily well coached right now. Their scheme that was supposed to be dynamic and cutting edge and all big 12 is kind of just meh. (laughs) And uh, Kyler Murray who will play on Sunday, um, he wasn't exactly lighting it up before he get, he missed a couple of games with a hamstring injury. Well, let's stick with the theme of assistant coaches doing dumb things. Uh, Todd Downing, offensive coordinator with the Titans, spoke with the media today here in Nashville, would not go into any details and wouldn't talk about the timeline or anything else with the DUI arrest, getting back uh, in town from Green Bay in their win last week. He's going to continue to be the offensive coordinator play caller uh, until something happens. I guess now the question is, Armando, what do you expect to happen from the league? Because it's clear 
the Titans are taking the stance of it's business as usual until we're told otherwise. Right. And so the legal system will play out as we know, right? And I don't pretend to know what actually happened. I don't pretend to know what, you know, what led to his, you know, DUI arrest other than a police officer suspected him of driving under the influence. Um, Lawyers have the grand ability slash gift slash curse of turning facts on their heads and or turning heads onto facts. And so when and if something happens in the legal system, then we'll know what Todd Downing's fate will be. By the way, if he pleads out, that's a strike. You don't get, you, you, you might be able to uh, beat the legal system that way, but that's a loss against the NFL's personal conduct policy. And so my guess is he's very much in jeopardy of losing his job after the season is, is, is over. They've got still. Sense- Titans have Cincinnati this week, Armando, and Joe Burrow has been lighting it up even without Jamar Chase. And it sounds like he's going to try to go. We'll see. But they have circled week 12 as his return date for a couple of weeks now, I feel like. What can Cincinnati be? Because they've been very up and down, but we also saw them hit the playoff stride last year. What? Where do you think we're headed with them? Yeah, um, I look... The offensive line has been the issue for this team for a long time. And I'm not sure that this offensive line is that much better than last year's offensive line. Um, they, they have a left guard starting at left tackle in Jonah Williams. No, sorry. No, not good enough. Not, not doesn't work for me. Lael Collins is good. He's not that good. Um, Ted Karras is a journeyman and was a backup for much of his career in New England. So all this uh, sound and fury that we saw with the Bengals in the offseason on the offensive line has so far not necessarily pointed to, you know, a grand improvement. Does that mean they won't be in the playoffs? No, I think they're kind of separating from the rest of the NFC North, uh, you know, I think that's they're they're part of that. Uh, I'm sorry, AFC North, and that's in part in in large part due to Joe Burrow, and I think he is the best quarterback in that division, and I think they're going to win the division. And yeah, I said it; he's the best quarterback in that division, and I know Lamar Jackson plays in that division. Uh, Lamar Jackson is the is the best athlete don't disagree don't disagree yeah. uh, it, it, it crazy to think zach wilson is five and two this season as the starter but they weren't they're not making the playoffs with him as the starter even with that record normally we look at a quarterback and judge him based on record but you can't do that here his play has been awful and they're actually making the quarterback change robert Sala's doing what he has to do regardless if, if you know what was it 10 days ago they beat buffalo i don't like uh, quarterback record stats. I don't believe in them, Jonathan. 
Uh, and and I'm not gonna, you know, if if you do, I respect your well, opinion, and probably I'm wrong. No, 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 I, I, not quarterback record. I, I'm not with that either. But uh, Taylor Heineke is propped up by his quarterback record as the starter. Um, Carson Wentz, not good. But again, like we we look at his record with Washington too. And Zach Wilson is not getting that benefit of the doubt because every, everyone's seen him play. And it's, they're not making the postseason if he continues to be the guy. Yeah, I think we're making the point, the, the, the point that quarterback record. Taylor yeah. Heineke is starting because, not because the, the Washington Commanders are 5-1 and one or 4-1 and one with him as a starter. He's starting because those guys play for him. They love him. Um, not necessarily the case for Carson Wentz. And that is palpable to anyone that watches that team play and has spoken to anyone on that team. Um, the, the, look, the Zach Wilson situation, they have an issue. They have a problem. Robert Sala today portrayed it as it's fundamentals. He's just got to clean some stuff up. Radio voice, right? He's just got to clean some stuff up. Reset. It'll be fine. He can't do it while he's working on being the starter. Yeah, that's bunk. Um, He's got issues in the locker room. He's got issues being accountable. And I know that he spoke to the team today. Too late. Sorry. And the bottom line is if Mike White becomes the Jets, you know, Taylor Heineke. Oh boy. (laughs) The number three overall or the number two overall pick in the 2021 draft as, as a backup, that's not going to fly. That's going to be a divorce. And he, so he got a text from his dad. He said that showed that told him how bad it looked when he said he wasn't taking any of the blame or apologizing to the defense or anything for his performance. Then he goes and apologized to the team. Now I'm looking at that tweet, and there's Jets fans crushing him for needing a text from his daddy <laughs> in order to realize that wasn't the right thing to say in the press conference. I guess my question is now, not just with this team, Armando, but this is a different time than 25, 30, 40 years ago where Terry Bradshaw could get benched in Pittsburgh and then come back later and still be the guy in Pittsburgh. It feels different today when you've got that high of a draft pick that gets benched at any point after being the starter, can he come back from this with the Jets? Or if this is going to happen for Zach Wilson now, is it going to have to take place somewhere else? This is the reason that it's different than it was back in the day, Chad. Back in the day, uh, Chuck Knoll could bench Terry Bradshaw and play whoever he played. Joe Gillum. Gillum. Yeah. Terry, Hanratty, whoever it was. And if he decided that he wanted to put Bradshaw back, he would tell Bradshaw, you're back. He would tell Hanratty, you're benched. And he would tell the team, Bradshaw is our guy. And everybody would go, okay. (laughs) Today, the coach says, everything's fine. My guy is back. And the players have opinions. And they have their own thoughts and they're, and they're in their own feelings. And unless the coach can really, really explain to them the, the why, then they're not buying because they, 
they think they're smarter. And in some respects, they are. Any upsets on Thanksgiving Day? Uh, I'm upset that I'm getting cornbread, uh, you know, dressing instead of like regular dressing and stuffing. That's that's upsetting to me. Uh, no. Are you so, upset about not being in Detroit this year for the, for the Thanksgiving? I know you always yeah. love <laughs> when you were working at ESPN. Yeah. You loved that trip to Detroit for Thanksgiving they'll every year, Armando. Yeah, they'll, they'll be glad to let you in. Yeah. Right. So, no, I'm going to have to, you know, n- go without the... 10 p.m. ham and cheese room service sandwich <laughs> to celebrate Thanksgiving this year. Like I, unlike 2002 and three um, in Detroit. Um, so we like the Giants, right? We like Buffalo, but that 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 Minnesota New England game. Um, hmm. I think Minnie is is teetering. To be very frank with you. Do you give Detroit any chance in this game? And I know that I'm asking this as someone who's never not been on Detroit all year, but here they are. They're four and six now. They're winners of three in a row, and they have pulled some magic before in the past, some worst Lions teams in this one on Thanksgiving Day. They're almost a double-digit underdog, though, at home against Buffalo, a team that just won in their stadium as a neutral field game the Sunday before. But what kind of chance do you give the Lions to pull this off, uh, Armando? And if they win and get a game below 500, I mean, it still may not lead to anything playoff-wise, but what do you think about the Lions then? Um, I think the Lions are, uh, are not a good team. And, and this is the reason that I say that. They've won three games in a row. They beat Daniel Jones. Okay. They beat Justin Fields, okay, and they beat the Packers in a huge upset in a game that I think, you know, two or three of the the Packers wide receivers were missing, and they're not the old Packers anyway. This game is not going to be decided by the Detroit Lions. It's going to be decided by one guy, and that guy's name is Josh Allen, if he plays within himself. If he plays, uh, you know, to if he doesn't, if he avoids hero ball, the Bills are going to win this game because the only way that the Bills lose to the Lions is if Josh Allen turns the ball over, if the Bills turn the ball over and beat themselves. That's it. New England. Is that the is that your upset? New England over Minnesota? Yeah, I like I like that defense. I mean, yeah. look, they made and I get it. They made Zach Wilson. They benched Zach Wilson basically, and he and Kirk Cousins is better than Zach Wilson, and uh, Justin Jefferson is better than anything in the form of playmakers that the Jets put on the field. But that defense is the truth, and Matthew Judon is making a case for Defensive Player of the Year, and. Um, I, I, I just, Belichick gets ripped a lot, including by me for not being a championship coach without Tom Brady. But one thing he always has been and always will be is a great defensive coach. There's still a ton of questions about the bears moving forward. And and you're going to have that with a team that's three and eight, but Justin Fields has gotten better. 
and they seem to have devised an offense that at least works for him. My question, Armando, is have you seen enough from Justin Fields this year, even after the rough start, passing the ball, to where you would say, okay, quarterback is okay for right now. Let's focus on everything else we need here moving forward. Or is that still a coin flip type deal where you're not even certain about that moving forward for the Bears? Yeah, as my Cuban mother used to say, no. (laughs) Okay, Uh, I haven't seen enough from Justin Fields. I think, what has he got, 20 starts, 24 starts? No, and and of those, maybe seven are good. I I wrote on Outkick.com, your favorite website, that quarterbacks need more time to be judged. We run to judge these guys. We, look, Baker Mayfield got commercials and, and took the, the Cleveland Browns to the playoffs and everybody thought, he's it. Guess what? He's not it. Sam Darnold was on Broadway being compared to Broadway Joe. And guess what? He's not it. And Carson Wentz played like an MVP the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl. Then Nick Foles took over for an injured Carson Wentz and played like an MVP to win the Super Bowl. And neither one of those guys is what? It. It's not done after seven or ten games. Um, at least not in my opinion. And, and I, there's lots of evidence to, the, to, to back up that, that opinion. Armando, happy Thanksgiving, man. Oh, thank you, Jonathan. And happy Thanksgiving to you two. You're always a pleasure to be with. Happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> and hey, now Hutton's, it's... Yeah, go get your dressing. It's, it's contagious here. Um, go get your dressing. What'd you say it was that you con- wanted? Congrats on no ham and cheese sandwich at a Detroit hotel this year. I wanted to say that thank as well. Thank you. Yep. It's going to be a good day tomorrow, for sure. Armando Salguero, not in Detroit, and he's thrilled. Thankful for ver- thankful for that, this this uh, holiday season. Thank you so much, Armando. Uh, some college football games of the week when we yes. come back. And I'm going to roll through my top 10 games of the week. Hutton will react. This, this is for Thursday on, right? This is all of them. This okay, is good. the whole good. kit and caboodle. There may even be a little egg bowl talk in this top right. 10, which Let's is the it. biggest game on Thanksgiving Day in college. We'll run through the whole weekend. It's rivalry week in college football. We'll break it down when we come back. This is Outkick 360 across the Outkick Network. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's Outkick 360 across the Outkick network. Chad Withrow, Jonathan Hutton with you. Downtown Nashville, 6th and Peabody Studio with Old Smoky Moonshine and Yeehaw Beer. We talk some NFL with Armando Salguero. We've got Eddie George coming up later. We'll talk the game. Ohio State, Michigan. We'll talk NFL as well with Eddie, who will be in studio coming up about an hour from now. 
But right now, normally we pull this off on a Friday, but because of Thanksgiving weekend, with games starting tomorrow and Friday, it's my top 10 college football games of the weekend on a Wednesday. Need more reasons to watch college football? It's time to bang some hats. Here's Chad Withrow's must-see games this weekend. Game number 10. It is the Apple Cup. Washington at Washington State in the Palouse. The Huskies are a slight two-point favorite in this one. This game will be a late night. This is uh, 9.30 Eastern time. Actually, 10.30 Eastern time. Uh, Saturday night, Washington, Washington State. Washington State having a very quiet 7-4 and four season this year. We all remember what Washington did to Oregon a couple of weeks ago. Kalen DeBoer, their head coach, gets the big extension announced this week in advance of the Apple Cup this weekend. Always a fun rivalry game. Should be a good one between these two. Yeah, over under 60 and a half. Give me the over in this game. I like that. Take the over. It's always one of those where I, I look at the forecast because there's been some memorable uh, conditions. There's been freezing rain in the past. There's been snow. Never quite know what you're going to get in this one. It looks like 36 degrees late uh, Saturday night in pretty calm conditions for this one. So, Hutton, I would take the over as well. Game number nine, South Carolina at Clemson. The battle for the Palmetto State. The Gamecocks coming in riding high. Blowout win over fifth-ranked Tennessee a week ago in Columbia. This game will be in Clemson. This is an 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff on ABC. The Tigers, a 14-and-a-half-point favorite in this one. Dabo Sweeney said a lot about this matchup earlier this week on his coach's show. Uh, South Carolina, if the team that showed up most of this season shows up, I think Clemson wins easily. If anything closely resembling the team led by Spencer Rattler and the way he played on Saturday night shows up in Clemson, Hutton, I think this is a very close game down to the wire. Clemson's defense has allowed more than 400 yards only twice this season, and they held Miami with 98 yards. There is a big difference in style between Clemson and Tennessee. Yes. And when Dabo Sweeney says Tennessee's built to outscore people, they're not built to stop people, he's not wrong. Clemson is a team built to stop people, but we've seen it with their offense. If they get behind, they're, they're not built to come back. They're not built to outscore people either, and that could be an issue. Some if, respect here, though, uh, based on the spread, 14 and a half. Last week was, what, 22 and a half? Yep. At, they were at home. Yeah. Now they're on the road to Clemson, and what is it, uh, seven straight games in the series? Yeah. And it's it, to me, this game is all about, can Spencer Rattler, yeah. Juice Wells, Jaheim Bell, can the offense stay hot for South Carolina? Because that's what it's going to take to really pull this thing down to the wire and have a chance at upsetting Clemson in this game. But if they if they can play anywhere near what they did last week, this could be a very good game in Clemson. It's always a fun atmosphere between these two. Another fun atmosphere is our my eighth biggest game of the week. Let's go to the Commonwealth. Louisville at Kentucky. Kentucky, a three-point favorite in this one, 2 p.m. Central Time. On SEC Network, the Wildcats have struggled on offense this year. They're trying to avoid the 6-6 six and six season. They're trying to win at home against their arch rival, Louisville. Louisville started the season in atrocious fashion. They got blown out by Syracuse early. They look bad. They limped through the first part of their season. They've gotten a lot better. Even without Malik Cunningham a week ago at quarterback, they put it on NC State in that game. It kind of started with that win over Wake Forest where they got seven or eight turnovers. 
in the second half. They've taken off from that point on. That sets up a really good matchup in this rivalry game. Wrong, wrong team's favorite, Chad. Obvious, right? I kind of I I agree with you on that. I, I was surprised to see Kentucky favor in this game. It, it's the it's the standard. The home field gives them some points in this one. I guess. I mean, watching the Georgia game last week, ten point game, sixteen six. At no point did I think Kentucky was in that game, though. It just at times they're just lifeless. And I think Louisville's coming in playing better, more confident on a you know on a high right now in the top twenty five. Meanwhile, Kentucky everything's a disappointment. I think this will add to it. This would not be good uh, for Mark Stoops in Kentucky, but the good news is he's got him a long contract. Yep. No doubt there. No financial problems for Mark Stoops, so he'll be just fine ultimately. Uh, but Louisville coming to town looking to uh, further wreck this Kentucky Wildcats season. Game number seven of Rivalry Week as we get ready for Thanksgiving weekend, Florida at Florida State. Back in the 90s, the, the wide right, wide left games, whatever it was. Games always coming down to a kick. Charlie Ward running all over the place. Danny Werfel going crazy. That's long gone this year when you look at these two teams. Florida State, though, 8-3 and three on the season, going for 9-3. and three. Quietly for Mike Norvell, he got that big win over LSU. How good does that win look now, late in this season? They've had a very good year. He has righted the ship in Tallahassee, and that is a program I think that could be on the rise now with Florida State. They want to cement that in this state. They're a nine-and-a-half point favorite at home over Florida. We've seen games in this one where it's it's reversed, where the team that should run away with it gets beat, where really good teams have come out and been flat and not played well in this series. Florida State, though, Hutton, looking to avoid that. And Florida, what do you – they go to Vandy, they play terrible – they get three turnovers. They lose the game 31-24. How do they bounce back? Was that a blip that woke them up and they're going to come out and play great in this game? Or was that them starting to pack things I, up for uh, you know the Independence Bowl yeah. in the end of their season? I think they cover. I don't think they win. I think they cover the nine and a half. Anthony Richardson, to me, continues to be a huge mystery. Um, and even watching the game on Saturday, he had some moments throwing it. But I, I need to see more from him. This is a nice uh, opportunity for him to do more in this game against Florida State. Game number six. Let's go to the American Athletic Conference. Davey Hudson's favorite conference. Tulane at Cincinnati. The Bearcats, a one-point favorite. Talked to Bobby Carpenter. You know, there's some smoke out there about Luke Fickle to Nebraska. He said, don't worry about that. He turned down Michigan State. He's turned down others. Cincinnati fans probably not worried about that right now. Cincinnati, a two-point favorite. This game is a Friday, 11 a.m. Central Time kickoff on ABC. Uh, the winner of this one has the upper hand in that top group of five spot where they get the automatic New Year Six bowl game between Cincinnati and Tulane. So, big matchup. And that would be Tennessee or who? It's going to be the Cotton Bowl, more than likely, that they'll be slotted in. Um Tennessee, Kansas State, Clemson. I mean, all these are possibilities right now at the back end of the New Year Six. I mean, the, no offense to Tulane. If you're any of those schools and you've been chasing the the, fo- the college football playoff, especially Tennessee, who hasn't been there, and you end up with Tulane as your bowl game, that's that's a downer. The projection I saw, Tennessee would be a 16-point favorite over Tulane in a Cotton Bowl if, and, if the two met up. Hey, I'm gonna, I'll am gonna i be watching this game, which means I'm seeing Tulane for the first time on Friday. 
Willie Fritz, um, when I hear the name Willie Fritz, I don't think of a man in his 60s for some reason. What do you think of? I think of like a young uh, 37-year-old head coach. Like His name has been around for a while. And he's been at Tulane for a while now. And he, his name would pop up with every job for a long time, right? And then it just stopped popping up, and he's kind of a Tulane lifer. But I think he's like 63 years old. So that surprised when I saw that. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. Game number five this week. Let's go back to the Pac-12. Oregon at Oregon State. 2.30 Central Time kickoff on ABC. The Ducks, a three-point favorite. Um, Bo Nix having an incredible season. This is another one. It's very similar to Washington, Washington State. I wouldn't call it a trap game because it's your rival. This is, by the way, Hutton, they call this the Civil War, which always made me laugh that a rivalry is called the Civil War when this state was not in existence during the actual American Civil War. Never quite understood that. But either way, the Civil War will be played. And um, I like Oregon in this one. I think Oregon State getting a lot of respect as the home team well, in this game. And how healthy or banged up is, is Bo Nix officially? That's, that's how you bet this game. If he's healthy, I think they win by double digits. Yeah, Oregon State's got a good defense. Uh, not good enough. Even Oregon last week got, found themselves in a defensive battle with Utah and was able to win a close game. So I like the Ducks uh, in this game, continuing continuing to win uh, after that close loss to Washington. Davey? Chad, I actually want to correct you. They stopped calling this the Civil War in 2020, all right? Oh. It was uh, one of those things, you know, just – Got to get politically correct. Had to ax that from the uh, conversation. So I, I hate to bring that news to you, but that is uh, currently where we sit. I honor all old rivalry names on everything, though. So on this show, the Civil War remains. It's now the uncivil war. We'll we'll call it the Civil War still. That's funny though. I, I didn't I didn't even know. Game number four. Let's see if I can uh, butcher any other rivalry names on this one. I believe that we don't have a problem currently with eggs in America politically. So the Egg Bowl remains. Mississippi State, Ole Miss this weekend. Pretty sure they have not erased the name of that game. Well, Thanksgiving. Will there be protesters like there were in Minnesota for the playoffs in the NBA? How are we treating our chickens in this country? That would be the question. Wasn't that some sort of chicken protest? Yes. It was about the guy's treatment of chickens, yes. right? Or hogs or something. I want to say it was, it was poultry. I'm sure there's someone who hates the fact that this is called the Egg Bowl. Either way, it's the Egg Bowl. State, Ole Miss. Uh, Ole Miss, a two-and-a-half-point favorite. This game will be played on Thanksgiving night. Always a lot of fun with these two. Big question now, Hutton. Um, it was going to be a good game regardless. Looking at this game at the start of the season, you'd say, these are two very similar teams. Will they be similar by the end of the season? It's lining up where they're both going to have a close to the same record possibly. At season's end, if Mississippi State can win, the big question, Mark Hutton, how big is the Lane Kiffin distraction? right now with all the talk and the smoke surrounding him going to Auburn. I think the, the the run game itself, though, carries this game for Ole Miss. And I, I do, I, I, I buy what you're saying on the distraction, but weren't they distracted at the end of last year? Kiffin was being mentioned for Miami. I don't think it was this intense a year ago in terms of him and Miami. This is one that when Chris Lowe of ESPN is reporting he met with his team to say he's not taking any offer yet. There's been no final offer. That's not someone saying, I'm going to be your coach next year. That's someone saying, don't think that I abandoned you and signed a contract before our final game. That's going to happen on Friday or Sunday. 
But that's that's the way I took that report and what he's telling his team. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's someone else at Auburn. But it looks like this is going to be Lane Kiffin's last game as Ole Miss head coach. State's offense last year was inept against Ole Miss's defense in this game. That, that, that I can't get that out of my head either. And this is a much better matchup for Ole Miss now than it was last year with the way their defense was playing. It's going to be fun regardless. Uh, that game again, 7 o'clock Eastern uh, on ESPN Thanksgiving night. Game number three, staying in the SEC. It's the Iron Bowl. Pretty sure it's still called the Iron Bowl. In fact, I know that. Auburn, Alabama, the Tide. 22-point favorite. This is the CBS 3.30 Eastern time kick. Um, Cadillac Williams, I would say by now, knows he's not doesn't have a chance to be the head coach. But what a story it would be, Hutton, if Auburn can go into Tuscaloosa and end this thing on a three-game winning streak. This way, with Cadillac as the interim head coach and give, I mean, that's beyond signature win if they're able to beat Alabama this year. That's what Auburn's trying to do. I don't think it's very likely with everything going on. And more importantly, Alabama's just a better football team. So this is either a blowout, and I think most people would pick that, or I think it's a lot like Bama LSU was a year ago, where Alabama allows them to hang around, and it's just a low-scoring, not really that close type game. Because Bama's at home here. Yeah, if Bama was at Auburn, I would have a very different feeling about this game because Alabama struggled at home against A&M. Outside of that, their struggles have come on the road in very hostile environments. Ole Miss had multiple chances to win the game. We know what happened in overtime to LSU. Hutton, you I were at the game in Knoxville, a great game down to the wire, high-scoring affair. Those were all away from Tuscaloosa. I think Bama easily takes care of business at home in this game. Bryce Young won the Heisman in this game a year ago. And, and he was top two games, I'm sure, have an opportunity for that as well. And former defensive coordinator at Auburn, Derek Mason, owned Alabama on offense for the bulk of that game until Bryce Young struck late for Alabama to win that one. Will we have a similar game this year? I don't think so, but that's always a possibility in this game. Game number two, Colin Warner's about to get very excited. His Notre Dame Fighting Irish on the road in L.A. at the Coliseum to take on USC. The Trojans, a a five-and-a-half point favorite in this one, 7.30 Eastern time kickoff on ABC. If you are a team outside of USC that wants to get into the playoff, this is one of those games where you're rooting for Notre Dame. Notre Dame already took care of business against Clemson, which helped out a number of those teams. Can they do it again against USC? We asked Bobby Carpenter about this game earlier. He said it's all about Notre Dame's ability to score enough. They're going to be good on defense. We know that this year with this Notre Dame team with Marcus Freeman. Can they play their style of taking the air out of the ball, running it enough, keeping USC off the field enough, and score at the end of drives to where they give themselves a chance? I like USC in this game. Yeah, I do too. And can they take advantage of a secondary at USC? That's, that's the biggest issue. Because um, they'll give up points. They'll give up big plays. But I don't know if Notre Dame can, can hit those big plays throughout the course of four quarters. Game number one. No mistaking it. We all knew it. It's Michigan-Ohio State. Game of the year. Ohio State coming in at seven-and-a-half-point favor. This game's a big noon kickoff on Fox, 11 a.m. Central time. Can Michigan go in there with a banged-up Blake Corm? Don't really know his status right now. Run the football the way they've done all year. 
control this game from a physicality standpoint against an Ohio State team that has been susceptible at times this year. But much like Alabama, they've been susceptible away from Columbus. A year ago, Michigan did what they wanted against Ohio State at home. They won that game. They talked a lot of smack afterwards. I know Ohio State's been paying attention. Hutton, I think the Buckeyes absolutely roll in this game this year in Columbus. Man, it's a very hard game for me to gauge. I've gone back and forth because Ohio State's facing their best defense, of course, and then Michigan's facing the top offense that they faced. But it, the, the the battle in the trenches is where Michigan can win. But it's got to be a dirty, sloppy-type game, right? And last year, Michigan could throw the football better. You know, they still don't do it well last year, but this year, man, if you get down... That's where the route starts. That's where if, if Ohio State jumps out early, I don't think Michigan can push the football down the field and get back in this game. And what is the game may not be much of a game midway through the third quarter. One thing I know we'll all be watching on Saturday on Fox on the big noon kickoff yes. with Michigan, Ohio State. Cannot wait for that one. So recapping our top, my top 10 games of the week for the college football weekend. Again, this is throughout the weekend. Thanksgiving weekend games starting Tomorrow on Thanksgiving with the Egg Bowl, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Game number 10, Washington, Washington State in the Apple Cup. Number 9, South Carolina at Clemson. Game number 8, Louisville at Kentucky. 7 is Florida, Florida State. 6, big matchup in the AAC, Tulane at Cincinnati. 5, Oregon at Oregon State. They're not calling it Civil War. We are. Game number 4, Egg Bowls, Mississippi State, Ole Miss. 3, Iron Bowl, Auburn, Alabama. Two, Notre Dame at USC on Saturday night in game number one, the game. Michigan at Ohio State. Going to be a fun weekend of feasting and watching some college football. It's also going to be a fun weekend in the NFL. When we come back, Jonathan Hutton's got some outright money line winners across the NFL. That's next. This is Outkick 360. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back, Outkick 360, across this Outkick network on this Thanksgiving Eve show. We're coming to you live from downtown Nashville, our sixth in Peabody studio, Old Smoky Moonshine, Yeehaw Beer. Mm. Never know what to expect the night before Thanksgiving. I feel like most of the time when you're in college or fresh out, that's a big going out night with yes. all of your hometown party friends. Night. Huge yes. party. It's either the local bar or someone's house. Has the big gathering, but I walked through the bar area here at uh, Old Smoky, and I, I got to say, pretty impressed. I didn't think anybody would be here on the day before Thanksgiving in the afternoon, but nice little crowd roaming I, around. I heard, our, I heard the crew is throwing a party here afterwards. Oh yeah, I think so. I was not invited. Now I'm very upset. Uh, maybe next year I'll earn that invite. Everyone's uh, invited. Everybody's invited to play Hutton's underdog NFL money line winners. Each and every week. And Hutton, I know you've got some winners for us this week. Do, how did we fare last week? I know you won oh, at least one of them. Ofer. 
I think you were over. I think so. Maybe I'm I'm uh, adding up the week before where I feel like you won. Yeah, we got this close. Last week was an over. We got close, but I don't think we won on the on the three. If we did, it was a late score um, on an outright winner. No, I don't think we did. Let's show them. It's time to get back to our winning ways. Though I'm taking the Titans at home. They are a two and a half point underdog at home to the Cincinnati Bengals, and I think the Titans coming off of what was the most thorough performance that we've seen and ten days rest, Chad. I don't know why they're an underdog at home in this game to Cincinnati. And uh, Jamar Chase is likely coming back. All that's good. But Tannehill now has Traylon Burks, and he's throwing to tight ends. Derrick Henry, of course, they're going to load the box to stop him. I just, I, I think the Titans' mentality wins this game in a tight ball game, low scoring. And I think the pass rush gets after, gets after Burrow. I think it's a great game. But I would take the Titans to win. Ryan Tannehill's true redemption from last year's performance against Cincinnati in the playoffs cannot come until the playoffs. It doesn't matter about opponent. It matters about setting for Tannehill. He's got to be better in the playoffs, regardless of who the Titans are playing once they get there. That being said, this feels like a very important game in the AFC between these two teams. And the Titans get this game at home. Hutton, you mentioned Traylon Burks. I think he is so big in this game because if he can build on what he accomplished in the game against Green Bay and continue to show a spark and something extra for that Titans offense, that's really going to help them. We know that Cincinnati's got some sparks on the outside that Burrow can get the ball to. So can the Titans show off that ability, I think, is key. Yeah, and you've got two coaches. Uh, Zach Taylor knows Tannehill well, too. And, you know, they had a defense that picked him off three times the last time these two teams faced off in in the postseason. And here's Burrow, who was sacked nine times against that Titans pass rush. It's, I, th- I think this is a grinded-out type game. Joe Mixon, I believe, still remains on, on their injury report. And uh, with that, it comes down to, are the, the Titans going to be able to get to the quarterback and just stop the pass? And I, I think, ultimately, they do that more times than not in this game. Many people are saying that's a blowout, though. People think Cincinnati is going to blow out. Blow, like, two possession, 14-plus. I don't see that Sunday. I mean, the Plus only the time weather could be bad. Yeah, the Titans got blown out by um, Buffalo. Buffalo, and that's it. I, I don't, I don't see that in this game uh, in Nashville. Hutton, you've got um, your second money line winner may surprise some. It's the return of a prior starting quarterback to a franchise. Sam Darnold returns for the Carolina Panthers, but I don't know why you would be surprised that I would pick against the Denver Broncos. No, I'm not. Uh, the Denver Broncos defense legit. They've allowed. It's the Panthers part of this that's surprising to win anything, but not the Broncos part. Yeah, I mean, they've uh, same amount of wins here. Somebody's got to win, right? Isn't that what Nathaniel yeah, Hackett said yeah. about the Raiders matchup? Yeah, and see, they've already changed. And then the Raiders won. They've already changed their play caller, so it's not like fear of the unknown. They changed play callers. They were still awful last week, and their offense cannot keep up with another offense that scores more than 18 points. So it's not a good game to watch. It's a good game to win some money with. I'm taking the Panthers with the return of Darnold and Deontay Foreman. Just controlling the clock here. Hutton, did you give any consideration to anything on Thanksgiving Day, specifically a wild Lions upset win over the Bills at home? No. That would have been going big No, because with I, these picks. I'm, I'm not worried about the Bills at all, uh, despite their slide and Josh Allen and how you know, protecting the football in the red zone, whatever. I'm not... I'm not worried that the Bills are going to remain in the top tier of the NFL going into the postseason. Now, do they have home games in the postseason? Are they going to be on the road? They need to stack wins now and keep up with Kansas City. 
and Miami, who comes off the bye, and they're taking on the Texans. But Detroit, I know they play well in their Super Bowl, which is Thanksgiving Day. Buffalo's going to come out and, uh, I think, put on a show in, in this game. And I didn't take the Giants. They're favored. The, the, the Cowboys are actually favored by more over the Giants than Buffalo is over the Lions by a half point. Surprised me a bit. And then the Patriots, I, I don't know which Vikings team we're going to see. I think we kind of know what we're going to see with New England. And, you know, the, the Vikings team we saw against Buffalo was not the same team we saw against Dallas. So I just didn't know how to bet that game. Two and a half was a weird line for me based on recent results of both teams. So Eddie George is coming up in about 20 minutes. Eddie is a man who does a little bit of everything. I believe he's actually leading some moonshine tastings out in the showroom right now. Renaissance Would man. not surprise me because the guy can do anything he wants. And he may be doing that, but he's going to join us. We'll talk Ohio State-Michigan. We'll talk about his NFL career. But coming up, uh, we're going to talk with Jeff Clark of Outkick Bets. We're going to continue the goodwill of making money over Thanksgiving weekend and not just paying insanely high amounts for your Thanksgiving turkey this year. We're going to let you earn that turkey back and then some because Jeff of Outkick Bets has some prop bets for us for Thanksgiving Day. Um, that's coming up and Eddie George also coming up later in that 5 o'clock Eastern hour it's going to be a fun finish to our Thanksgiving week of shows coming up in the last hour Hutton's going to take some cough drops during the break he's going to be ready to go we're all going to be we've got a syringe down here to inject the cough drops right into his throat we're set it's going to be a fun final hour on 360